Welcome back to Access Podcast, the podcast about podcasts. I'm Maddie Stout and producer Z. What's up, Maddie? This is our last episode for the wow. second season. Wow. Wow. Little little early on little your wow. Yeah. I didn't get that time yet. But we got a great episode lined up for you. There's a new podcast on iHeartRadio called The Daily Dive, and the host is Oscar Ramirez. We're going to hear from him in a second, but let's check out a little bit of The Daily Dive right now. When is the right time to move out of your parents' house? For 30-year-old Michael Rotondo, the time had come and went, so much so that his parents took legal action to evict him from their house. His parents sent him a number of eviction notices and finally took him to court, but Michael was still fighting to stay. Oscar Ramirez... Friend, good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Maddie. I'm pretty excited uh, about about the new podcast, The Daily Dive. And I'm really excited for you, Oscar, because you're somebody who has worked a lot as a producer. And this is this is the first show where, where you're the star. How do you feel about that? I'm pretty excited. You're right. I, I mean, I had been producing for such a long time. And I had like a, I had a podcast way back in the day, you know, when we all start out and we have, you know, our little pet projects. Uh, I had one with a buddy of mine, Mondo Hernandez. And, you know, it was just about music. It was about a couple of other random stuff, news, news items. Uh, but, yeah, this is the first thing that I've kind of been able to call my own now. Uh, so I'm very excited. Well, I'm a I'm a fan of a good radio story because. I never have met anybody who has like a boring radio story of how they got into radio. So don't 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 be the first. Um, <laughs> right. How, how did you end up in this wacky career? Well, like I said, I, I had my friend Mondo, who I was working with at another station. We were doing a live and local show. I was just, a, you know, kind of a, an intern. I would work on some web stuff, but we were doing a live and local show with a host. We were in L.A., but we were doing our show for Denver, Colorado. And uh, we did that for a few years. We doubled up. We had another show that was for El Paso, Texas, but it was the same thing. It was this live and local thing that we were trying to accomplish. And out of LA, live and local in El Paso, (laughs) out of LA, based out of LA. Uh, That was the deal that our host had. And, um, and then 2008 hit and everything crashed. So I got laid off for a little bit. And then I was uh, I kept emailing people here at, at KFI, which where I where I started my the rest of my radio career, and I said, hey, I, I I'm available. Let me help. I, I have some board op experience, and they brought me on board. I I started as a board op. Um, I moved into producing a, a, sh- a food show called The Fork Report with Neil Saavedra. We would do you know have restaurants come in, bring us some food. We taste the food. We talk about food news items. It was a lot of fun. I, I moved on into producing, associate producing for the John and Ken show on KFI. Um, then I got my own chance to host uh, the Gary and Shannon show. I was the main producer for that. And I was just doing all that stuff for over the course of like seven years, I believe. And, and now I moved on into another role at the station. And then the Daily Dive podcast came along. So I was able to go through there. But it was just, you know, constant different shows, learning a bunch of different stuff you know, from board op to producing, hosting, it's, I've just kind of run the whole gamut. I, I'm a fan of the starting at board op and working your way up. That's how I think most of us started uh, in radio. I don't think a lot of people understand, you know, I'm a, I'm a producer by, by trade. Um, but I don't think a lot of people understand like what all a, a producer is responsible for. And I know it's different from every show, but you know, what are some of the things, both glamorous and unglamorous, that you have found yourself doing as as the producer of a, of a radio show? You don't have to be specific if it's something bad. 
No, I mean, well, you know, the most unglamorous parts, I think, are when you're hounding down guests. You know, it's it's tough to always, you know, be calling somebody over and over and, hey, I need somebody. Can you come on? And, you know, that can get a little tiresome sometimes. Uh, but on the other flip side, you know, when you really get a great segment together and the host knocks it out and everybody's really happy and the, the listeners chime in on social media and they say, we really enjoyed that. I mean, that really makes it feel really good. Uh, you can't you can't really replace that feeling because you know it's touching people and people are enjoying it and having fun and, and that's really what makes me feel uh, pretty proud about uh, you know producing some good segments. I always say with radio that the highs are very high and the lows can be pretty low. It it, it can be emotionally uh, straining, especially in this business where um, you know things get changed oftentimes when you have no say in it. You know when it comes to hosts and shows and they're here and they're gone. Um, have you found that to be true as well, as far as the emotional taxingness uh, oh, of, of this career? Totally. I, you know, it's not terribly difficult what we do. It's not physically taxing a lot of times, but it's stressful. It's mentally taxing. Um, and you know, uh, when you're on live radio, hitting that clock is really important. You have to make sure a segment times out. You got to hit your brakes so the commercials can play. Uh, you got to conceptualize a segment in your head so that it all times out. And, you know, depending on, on the station, sometimes you have, you know, seven, eight minutes, up to 10 minutes for a segment. You got to make sure it fits and you got to make sure it lasts the whole, the whole segment too. You don't want to run short. Um, so yeah, it's totally stressful a, a lot of times. And, and like I said, you know, when you're, especially when you're trying to track down guests that are part of an emotional story, you know, maybe part of a tragedy, those are really tough to handle because you want to be sensitive to the guest, but at the same time, you know, it's very newsworthy and you, you got to get it for your listeners. Do you find that you fall into the category of news junkie or is it something you do at work? Uh, no, I have become a news junkie. Uh, when I first started, you know, obviously pay attention to the news, what's going on. But once you get into producer mode, you're kind of always working. Even, you know, mm -hmm. you go, I would go home, sit down on the couch, pull my phone out and look at my news apps. And I'd start saving stories for tomorrow, for the next day, uh, start making notes. Oh, this would be a great guest to get. So you kind of just become the news junkie just because it's part of your job. Uh, so, no, I would do it all, all the time at, at work, at home, anytime. The good part about being a, a, a news junkie and it, it being your job is that uh, you can write anything off for taxes, according to my accountant in New York. He, he thinks any meal, anytime I talk about anything, hey, that's a write off, Matt. Or she said, did you talk about this? That's a write-off. That's a write-off. So, hey, just keep that in mind. Um, my, my wife works in media also, and it's the same thing, like our Hulu and Netflix and yeah, all those things. It's like, you got to write them off. It's show prep. Right. Um, it is show prep. You know, you're, you're of a, a younger generation of, of folks working in news. Do you feel that, that there's a passion for paying attention to what's going on in the world um, now, as much as it has been in the past, I, I, I'll just give you my two cents on it. I teach at a, at a university, so um, I, I don't think that the students realize that they're news junkies, but they spend so much time on social media that they, they actually do know a lot about what's going on in the world. Do, do you feel that um, you know, your generation is as informed or, or not? I, I, I kind of tend to agree with, with exactly what you said about the social media stuff. I mean, it's, it's different now, I feel. Um, you know, we're looking at our Snapchats and our Instagrams and you're getting news items through there. Uh, you know, Snapchat in particular has a whole bunch of different, you know, their stories that they tell, but they're all kind of loosely related news items. And you can even subscribe to a bunch of news items. Um, 
So I think people are informed. There's just a different way they absorb the information. They'll get it through their Facebook. Um, I don't think I'll, maybe a lot of people don't necessarily read as much uh, like a classic newspaper, but they follow their blogs. They follow their social media. So, yeah, they are informed. It's just a different way of taking in the information. Uh, so, yeah, I just feel. But I think also, uh, you know, with this latest uh, election, people went into overdrive. They wanted to know what happened, what's going on. Now they're going into overdrive, trying to find more stories, trying to find out what's going on, keeping in touch with what's happening every day. That's why we have so many crazy political stories happening constantly Yeah, uh, because everybody just wants to know more and more about it. Well, I, I tell people this all the time. Donald Trump is the best thing to have happen to an uneducated electorate where um, people who were b- before Trump an uneducated electorate who didn't pay attention to what's going on in government does not not paying attention to what bills are passed or who's secretary of whatever they do now this is he his this his little reality show has helped create a world where um people are more interested in do you agree i totally agree um you know it whether you agree with his politics or not when the election happened you know we all remember those pictures uh, that were widely circulated where people just looked dumbfounded. They were like, how could Hillary lose? And how could Donald Trump win? I think that really caused a stir in a lot of people where they said, well, now I really need to look into what the process is. How does this all work? Because I didn't know what was going on before. And a lot of people, I have friends that say, oh, I don't vote. I don't care. It doesn't make, you know, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't impact anything. But people started realizing you you have to pay attention. You have to be part of the process so that, you know, you can get what you want so you can be represented the way you feel you should be represented. So I totally agree. I think it, it he has been great for business um, and and for people just getting involved, learning more about the process, knowing what's going on with your country. Yeah. But the flip side, it has caused a lot of uh, a lot more divisiveness as far as the news that we're, 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 we get um, where before. Um, you might have felt that CNN was more, uh, you know, maybe maybe not so liberally l- slanted. And now they're totally cast as the anti-Trump network. Uh, Fox has always been that way. So they're not surprising anybody. But we see so much more what, what people were saying are partisan news. And I think that's where we can steer this into what you're trying to do with the Daily Dive, which is try to take that out of there a little bit. Yeah. You know, in the time that I've been in radio, there was a time where it was very uh, left, right, national type news. You know, we had the big people like Rush Limbaugh and things like that. And then it kind of changed, in my opinion, I think it changed a little bit where it was trying to be a little more straight, a little more center. Uh, let's just give you the facts. You can determine things on your own. Uh, but with this latest election, it kind of seemed to go back a little bit. Uh, everybody's in their own corners again and fighting tooth and nail to, you know, be proven right or to say, hey, my guy is is the right guy. Um so, I, yeah, I think it's definitely been in that. And with a podcast, you know, I, I, I try to evaluate issues on both sides all the time. You know, everybody has a valid opinion. Let's explore those things. Let's talk about this side. Let's talk about that side. And the listener can make their own conclusions. I'm not here to tell you what to think, but I'm here going to I'm going to give you some I'm going to give you some information. And then, like I said, you make the determination. So do you find that that's hard? To not have a, a somebody interpret something as a spin when you report a story. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, you, I, <laughs> we can even with other shows that I've done. Uh, where I, I would talk to the host after, and we'd say, you know, you, we did really good right, right there. We kind of right in the middle, 
And then we'll get social media feedback that says, hey, you're way this way or you're way on the right. And, and we're right. Like, we look at each other and say, is that really what happened? <laughs> you know, we don't really understand how some people hear different things, but a lot of times people hear what they want to hear. So yeah, it is kind of difficult to stay right in the middle. And, and But like I said, that's the effort. I'm going to give you the information and let's have you determine what, what you think after that. What have you learned? Um, the podcast has been out for a few weeks now. What what have you learned so far in your podcasting journey? Hmm. It's an interesting question. Uh, it's a lot tougher <laughs> than I thought. The, the daily thing uh, really comes up on you fast. You know, uh, when we had our, let's say, our regular shows that I would produce before, you know, we'd always have the our clock. We knew what time we were going on. With the podcast, it's a little more freewheeling. So sometimes we'll try to book guests. We'll be waiting on, you know, somebody to bite. And then we'll have to rush into the studio and 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 do something really quick. So I think just kind of how quick time goes by really, uh, I, I'm kind of learning that, you know, it, it goes by in a flash. Yeah, I think that when you do a daily podcast, there's, there's a lot of things that people don't realize that go into it when they listen to, um, you know, shows like the daily from the New York times, you know, that they've got a whole host of people working on them. Uh, you got a pretty small oh, yeah. staff. Um, you know, what, what is, you know, what is one thing that, that happens daily that, that the listener would have no idea went into a segment? Well, like I, uh, you just alluded to, uh, you know, other podcasts that have this big infrastructure, like the daily, you know, they have the, the New York times behind them. Uh, they're always, you know, working on stories. So when a, a story is going to break, they say, hey, uh, I got this big scoop. Let's do this for the podcast. You know, it, we have a super small staff on this side. So we're, we have to wait for a story to develop. Then we'll chase down those leads, uh, get the, the right person to talk to somebody who's been working that story. And then we'll go ahead and we'll do the, the interview. We'll, uh, we'll dissect the case. We'll, we'll dissect the, the, uh, the issue. So I think that's kind of where, where we're at, you know, we're a small staff. It's, we're always waiting to see what's developing and then going that way. Do you have a favorite episode that you've done so far? <laughs> uh, we just did one uh, that went up yesterday or today uh, for the Laurel Yanny thing. I just, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it was the, you know, 2018's version of the dress. And, and I just love those things that are, it, everybody can really relate to so easily. You know, you hear it and instantly you have an opinion about it. So I always love those. And uh, we the angle that we took was let's find out who started who started the the you know who found the audio. Yeah. Who actually who actually recorded the audio and then uh you know what does it all mean? And I and just briefly, you know, it was a high school freshman who was studying for one of her exams, went onto vocabulary.com and clicked the link for Laurel to hear what it sounded like just so she can study her note cards. And then we go back and find out that vocabulary.com 10 years ago hired an opera singer to read like 30,000 words for their website. Uh, so it's an opera singer who voiced it. And then beyond that, you know, what it does, what your brain does to it, how you hear it. And, and, and then everybody else, you know, like I said, just has a quick opinion about it. You hear this or you hear that and it's you're on both sides of it. So I just love those things. And, and it was one of my uh, favorite episodes that we just did recently. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so glad you explained it too, because I didn't get to hear it yet. So were, <laughs> like, were you, are you a, a Yanni or Laurel guy? So here's what happened. I listened to it the first time and clear as can be, it was Yanni. 
And then I, I went Same back for me. to play it for my wife, and I'm, it was completely Laurel. And it's been Laurel ever since. So um, it's really odd. It, I mean, it completely switched on me. And now I can't hear Yanny at all. So, oh, wow. Yeah. No, I was a Yanny person from the beginning. Um, for the podcast, what we did was we changed the pitch mm-hmm. uh, higher and lower. And then you, at one point, you can hear the crossover. Uh, but even beyond that, later when we were editing the podcast, in my headphones, I heard Laurel. And I said, what? I never heard Laurel before. I, I ripped my headphones off and turned the speakers on my computer up, and it went back to Yanny. So it, it's <laughs> it's all over the place. It depends what speakers you're using, the headphones. It's a lot of different factors. But the definitive answer is that it's Laurel because it came from Vocabulary.com, read by an opera singer 10 years ago. I think that one thing I, I loved about the whole thing is that I love it when people get nerdy about audio because in our business, we do, you know, we know what to look, we look at waveforms We're, you know, I'm looking at one right now as I'm recording this uh, and, it, and it's fun to see other people get in and, and, and get into that. And I think it's, it, it also speaks to the, val- to the importance of, of audio in, in humans' lives. And, and it's one of the things that we get to do as podcasters is really touch that emotion that only audio can touch. I agree. And, and, you know, just briefly touching still on this Yanni Laurel thing, I was trying to do some research. I was, what's going on? What's going on? Um, trying to find out some explainer videos. And this one guy totally had me. He says, you got to divide the audio into stereo. And he's like, see, you have the two channels here and you see the two different waveforms. And he's like, and then you press this button and then he played the Rick Roll song. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just <laughs> fell for this whole thing. But I, but he's like, I'm trying to... Find out what the secret is. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and beyond that, with this whole podcast uh, phenomenon that's going huge now, everybody's trying to do podcasts. It is, you know, you want to you want to take in information. You want to take in stories on your own time. There's a lot of compelling storytelling with, um, you know, classics like Serial. And I say classics, even though it's only a few years old, right? Um, but just really compelling storytelling that, you can take in on your own time. And, and I, you know, I, I try to take into some good podcasts as, as often as I can, just because I love long form storytelling. And, uh, I obviously we do something daily here because it's, we're, we're more news focused, but I'll always take the time to go back and, and listen to some, but something that somebody put together over the course of weeks, uh, you know, an episode a, a week or something like that, just because you connect with the stories a lot more. Well, that's a great transition into our final segment. It's called Three Killer Questions. Oscar Ramirez, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Oscar. If there was a a podcast featuring any person, living or dead, who would you want to listen to? Oh, wow. A podcast with anybody living or dead. And they could be, you can combine them too. Oh, man, that is is such a hard question. Um. I should Let's probably see. send this out ahead of time, but I don't feel like yeah. you get as true a response. <laughs> that's that's a that's a really tough one. Who jumps in your head? Yeah, let's see. I I don't know. I I automatically jump into uh, music, uh, just because I'm a, such a huge music fan, and I, I I just think of some of the people that I've really been into lately. I you know I love John Legend, kind of that R and B uh, and soulful sound. I love uh, he's a Canadian DJ, K Trinata. I don't know, uh, Anderson Pack. I, I just feel like I would really like, I'm really into their stuff. I just really feel like I'd want to have them explain their whole process. Oh, that's so I don't know. I, I just, I would go that music angle. I don't know why. 
All right. What was the first piece of technology that you used that changed your life? That you said, "Hey, this is this is it. This is this is going to change things." That I thought changed stuff. For I mean, you. going back to a childhood, my first Nintendo. There you go. <laughs> I really, I was such a video game nerd, video game kid growing up. Uh, I think I would cry and beg for my parents to buy me the latest consoles as they came out, and, and I still game occasionally uh, to this date. But uh, I, that really got me into the technology front. I just, you know, the seeing the little avatars move on the screen and me controlling them with a controller, that, that I loved that stuff. What was the last podcast that you binged? Last post- podcast that I binged? Hmm. It was, uh, I was listening to it with my wife, so it was some uh, My Favorite Murder stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. And I love all the true crime stuff. A lot of the Golden State Killer stuff just came out recently in the news. Uh, so I had to kind of see what their take was. It was a lot of that stuff. Uh, and this is a bonus question that I only ask special guests. But if you were a sandwich personified, what kind of sandwich would you be? Not your favorite sandwich, but if you Ooh. were a sandwich. You know, <laughs> this goes back to my childhood, too. Uh, it would be just a ham and cheese torta. We do, uh, you know, simple sliced kind of deli ham, some queso fresco, uh, maybe a little bit of sour cream. And in a, one of those uh, torta buns uh, that you'd find like at any Mexican supermarket, uh, just like on a hot summer day, you know, some nice lemonade or some horchata or something like that. And a ham and cheese torta. That's that's me right there. I love that. So stuff. you're you're super Mexican is what you're saying. Oh, I'm totally Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I, I'm first I'm first generation Mexican. My, my my both my parents were born in Mexico. Most of my family is Mexico. They're all naturalized citizens now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, a lot of the old, you know, things from our culture, they brought along, but you know, we've been out, they've been out here for many, many years now. So we're fully Americanized, but yeah, it was still, the food is something you just never let go of. That's great. Oscar Ramirez, uh, everybody check out Daily Dive podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon, Oscar. Definitely. Thank you, Maddie. Well, Z, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good interview. I liked listening to you guys. You guys had a good rapport. I like talking to people who have been producers. Yeah, you guys have a lot of common that way. You guys know how your minds work. Producers are the unsung, not always unsung, but some. I don't think Mostly a lot of people. Yeah, mo- people don't realize how much of a show is the producer. Yeah. And uh, Oscar's a very good producer, and he's it turned into a very good host. I really like that podcast. I listen yeah. to it every morning. So today, I asked you to find us three podcasts that we can listen to daily. Mm-hmm. So that if we're making our Alexa podcast playlist, and we wanted to have three podcasts on it, uh, of course, we'd start the day off with The Daily Dive. Yes. What other podcasts might we want to listen to every day? My first one is another one kind of in the newsy lane. Yes. So it's called Up First. It's by NPR. And they not only do politics, but they also do pop culture. So it's just 10 minutes a day. If you want a quick, like, bite of something, go up first. All right. Let's check it out. Well, as you heard him say, we now call it Spygate. You're calling it Spygate. What he really means is he's calling it Spygate. Mm -hmm. He's branded it Spygate. He's created a new narrative. All right, Z. I then tasked you with finding two new podcasts on iHeartRadio that we can let our folks know about. And what did you find this week? So if you are a fan of Shark Tank. Shark Tank. I love I have an idea for Shark Tank. You better get on there. I actually. Uh, what I, is it? I don't really. I, I, but I do love watching um, folks go on there. I had an idea when I was a kid 
for and and then listen, I thought this was a good idea that you put a radio transmitter in a house, and then when people came by to look at a house that was for sale, they could turn the radio on and then hear somebody telling them about the house. That's actually not a bad idea at all. I thought it was a great, especially for me in seventh grade. That was like nineteen eighty some. Um, but, <laughs> won't go that far. but but I've already missed the boat on that. It's okay. All right, but a lot of people love Shark Tank. Yes, and a shark is that what they're called, right? Yeah, the sharks on Shark Tank. Yeah, is Barbara Corcoran, and she's one of the only females on the show, and she's a real heavy hitter, and she has a podcast on iHeartRadio called Business Unusual. So it's really talking about her long and very successful career and how to achieve your goals if you're a young entrepreneur, entrepreneur, especially if you're in your 20s because that's when she started. So, yeah, it's really good if you're just starting out. Let's check it out. One of the best businesses I have ever invested in is Grace and Lace that makes high-fashion women's clothing and sells it online. This is a business that's phenomenal, but born out of a very sad backstory. She's one of the, you know, if you're in New York or you're from New York, you know who she is. Right, right, right. She's very, very New York. She's great. I'm excited about that show. Yeah, I like her a lot. And I like that it's for people in their 20s because... That's when you should be getting into this entrepreneurship. Exactly, and I feel thing. like a lot of people nowadays, I've seen a lot of people trying to get into entrepreneurship at my age, 23, and it's nice to have resources like that to go back to. What's your idea for Shark Tank if you had one? <laughs> Honestly, no, none. None. I watch that show and I would be like, I, f- I feel like if I was a sh- shark, I would just be like, here, just take my money. I'm so sorry. I don't want to be mean to you. Because sometimes they're really mean, and I just feel so bad for them. You and I are complete opposites. Yeah. Because I would be, the, I like it. You would just get down. I would be like, no, that's stupid. Yeah. I'd be like, no, it's not. It's I a think good idea. In general, people, more people need to hear, no, that's stupid in their life than oh, they do. Absolutely. But I just don't want to hurt people anyone's coddle, feelings. People come to me with podcast ideas all the time. You've got to be like, no. No, I do. I'm very honest with most people and yeah. say. Well, you're in a way like setting them up for success because if you just said yes to a bad idea, they would yeah. fail. And nine times out of ten, somebody's first idea for a podcast is way too general and it's and it's mm. it's the same you idea. It. Yeah, me and my friends are really funny when we talk and we're just going to talk about everything. Okay, good. A lot of people think that. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're not funny. Yeah, exactly. And funny I, to each other. Yeah, and yeah. I know you, and you're not funny, so don't you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's not talking to me, guys. He's talking about somebody else. Yeah, I'm talking to no, yeah. not you. You're fu- you're you're hilarious. <laughs> All right, who? What else we got? Last one is it's called Wine Down with Jana Kramer. People love her. This is my best friend and I's girl crush for a really long time now, for at least two, three years. Tell people who she is if they don't know who she so is. I first saw her in a like a commercial for car insurance or something. We were like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> but then we found out she's a country singer yeah. and she is amazing. And then we found this podcast and it's really, it's like talking to a friend at the end of the day. So she talks about her career, about the divorce she went through, about being a mom, and just a lot of other stuff that if you like have a glass of wine, Get it? Wind down with your girlfriends. It's a nice one to listen to. Now, let me tell you something about that. Uh, the second episode, she had to address something because when the podcast came out, there was somebody else that had a name that was kind of similar to it, but not really the same. And they went on this whole social media campaign against her. And and poor Jen, she's like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. I don't know why you hate me. I'm just doing a podcast. Um, and I love the way she handled it in episode two. So if yeah. you get a chance to check out uh, her show, I would episode two is my favorite one so far. She's very well spoken. Yeah. Yeah. 
For those of you that didn't go on my Instagram or catch any of the drama, I I was so excited. Obviously, I'm like, yeah, my podcast wind downs out like woohoo. And then all of a sudden I started reading comments like, yeah, you stole. You're a thief. And I'm like, what? Good job, Z. Thanks for listening. Access Podcast is produced by Z. Thank you, Z. Thank you, Casey Franco, for the music. Dalton Rumbrook for the artwork. Uh, everybody, Ricardo AR, who helps out with the show and the promotion. Thank you so much. Thanks to Don Parker and Katie Wilcox here in San Francisco at iHeartRadio. Chris Peterson is the godfather of podcasting. My name is Maddie Stout. Follow us on Twitter at AccessPodcast1 or on Facebook, Access Podcast, And you can follow me on every social media platform at Maddie Stout, M-A-T-T-Y-S-T-A-U-D-T. Thanks for listening. Go grab a podcast, listen to it, and tell some friends about it. We'll see you next time.